Hello and welcome to another episode of The Closed Screening. I'm Zach. And I'm Nicholas. And today we're going to be breaking down Kong Skull Island and Godzilla, the King of the Monsters. In the lead up to in the Kong versus Godzilla. To the motion picture event of the last week of March. That's right. I wouldn't say it's the year because I don't know how many people are <laughs> clamoring over. Only available in theaters and on our very own HBO, HBO Max. Max. Our our darling streaming <laughs> service of the new year. That's right. But before we get into it, we would like to just say we finally have our new logo. We have a logo, folks. Applaud to us for finally getting that out Woo! after three months. And we are now available on all major podcast hosting websites. That's right. Including... Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, along with what you're probably listening to it on Spotify. Woo! And Nichols, today I'd like to start a new segment. Let's do it. It's called What You Watching. What You Watching? Because I know we talk about movies on this podcast. Absolutely. But not we can't talk about everyone we watch. Sure. So in the last couple of weeks, have you have you watched anything? Funny you should ask. Not worthy of talking about on an episode? Um, this week, I have watched... So, I'm currently making my way through the Aliens franchise. For the very first time ever, I had seen Alien, but I had not seen any of the subsequent sequels. I actually, last night, watched Alien 3. David Fincher's first feature. I was not impressed. Not impressed? It was horrendous. Horrendous. It says. was so bad. It was I so bad. I have not seen... I've seen Alien and Aliens multiple times. And I've always heard that the rest of them suck. Okay, so you haven't seen it. So I just stopped after the first two. I mean, yeah. So Alien is one of the best films of all time. It made your top ten Of course list. it did, yes. And I believe, I don't know if it made my honorable list. I can't remember. Alien is perfect. It's a perfect film. Aliens is James Cameron doing what he does best. We know my thoughts. We know our, yes. Uh, me and Zach are not the biggest fans of James Cameron. But you know what? That. It's a good film. It's not as good as Alien. It's fine. It's James Cameron doing what he does. Alien 3 is just hot garbage. It's it was it came out in 1992, I believe, and somehow the graphics were the wor- it it's like it had regressed from Alien Alien and Aliens. It's like it came out in 1950 something. Were they doing like early computer graphics? It was yes. It's like it's like the worst of like the like Star Wars Phantom Menace graphics, but like dialed up to a thousand. Because you can definitely see a difference when studios started pushing these computer graphics yes. instead of oh, it's horrible practical effects, and you can like movies start to take a yeah. step back. And I mean the the screenplay was atrocious. Sigourney Weaver was uh, I don't know why she committed to this film, but it was it was terrible. And I will say this too, it was. It was kind of disappointing. Like the scale of this trilogy so far has been this one. Like Alien is this perfect, like horror, suspenseful film where this alien is just taking out these people in the Nostromo, and then the franchise just blows up with Aliens, where these things that were somehow unkillable become extremely killable. Well, to to play devil's advocate, many people think that Aliens is, is the vastly superior film. Oh, there you go. See, I'm not one of them. Me neither. Yeah. But many people say that's the benchmark for an action. Well, I want to say this. I mean, I thought it was really good. I mean, it definitely wasn't a to personally the scale of Alien. But, it, I mean, it was a really good film. It was something I can wholeheartedly recommend. And putting aside my feelings for James Cameron, it was really good. And, again, the scale of the film, 
we instead of just focusing on one alien, we focus on the entire race of aliens. And so the scale just blew up into this big action popcorn flick. And then in Alien 3, they try to turn that scale down again. And now we're just focusing on one alien picking off people on this one planet that Sigourney Weaver's character Ripley gets stuck on. And it's it's like we, re- we regressed in story. We regressed in the special effects. It was just horrible. It was terrible. So will you commit to Alien 4 or whatever? Uh, so Alien, it, alien Resurrection. Resurrection. Resurrection is coming up. I unfortunately... I'm in it now. I'm going to commit to all of them. We got Alien Resurrection, which I will be watching at some point. After Alien 3, I think I have to give it a minute. But we had that. And then they, the two ones that came out recently, like Pro- Alien Prometheus. Covenant and Prometheus. And then Covenant, yeah. Yeah. But Alien versus Predator. I will have to watch those. I, I do need to watch the Predator franchise. Have you seen the Predator franchise? No. Okay. I've never really been into like the slasher, sci-fi slasher genre. Yeah. Ex- I mean, you still have Alien. That's yeah, agreed. So anyway, that's that's what I've been watching, and I cannot recommend it at all. Don't don't watch it. And, and I know we said this about Mank. Unless you are a David Fincher <laughs> fan, unless you are a David Fincher fanboy. Yep. Speaking of James Cameron, mm. within the last week, Avatar has been re-released Boo. for about the millionth time. And has once again overtaken Avengers Endgame as the number one grossing film of all time. Boo. I saw today that the Russo brothers released like a Boss Logic image of Avengers Endgame's logo being turned to dust and Avatar's logo like coming up behind it. Almost as the passing the torch again. Congratulations, James Cameron and Avatar. And it just made me sad. Just made me really upset. Is it just going to be like a pissing contest between these two films for I hope so. The rest of eternity. I hope so. Like and I hope that Avengers Endgame always comes out on top. <laughs> <laughs> we have gotten some flack for our comments on Avatar in our first episode. <laughs> yes. We we won't speak on it again. <laughs> but, yep. I watched Hereditary last night with my girlfriend. But you had seen it before, hadn't you? I had. I showed it to her. Oh, okay. That's what I thought. Once again, it was amazing. Yeah. Great, beautiful film. Ari Aster is a sadistic genius. That's right. And it has inspired me to purchase the director's cut of Midsummer mm. off the A24 website. Yeah. And have you seen Midsummer? No. We might need to give that one a watch. Yeah. I know. My brother wants me to watch that one too. $45. Kind of pricey. <gasps> Yikes. But now let's get into our two feature films of the day. The monkey and the monster. The monkey and the monster. He's an ape. He's an ape. I He's apologize. An ape. Very different. Very different beings. So our first film we're going to talk about, Kong Skull Island, released in 2017. Correct. Rated PG-13. One hour and 58 minutes runtime. Directed by Jordan Vogt Roberts. And it stars Tom Huddleston as James Conrad, Samuel L. Jackson as Preston Pack- Packard, Brie Larson as Mason Weaver, John Goodman as Bill R- Randa, John C. Riley as Hank Marlowe, Corey Hawkins as Houston Brooks, and Toby Kebbell as Jack Chapman, and IMDb credits him as Kong. 
Huh. So I don't know what. I didn't know that. How much he was conging it up. Yeah. If he was the voice or maybe a motion capture type thing. I don't know. Interesting. Well, it is an all-star cast to be sure. For sure. And there's more more cast members that I don't know if they warrant a. Yeah. No, they don't. Honestly, and we'll get into it. These, uh, This cast almost didn't warrant it. We almost... We shouldn't have even talked about these characters because <laughs> there's no such thing as characters in any of these films. But I digress. I'll go ahead and point out the budget for this film was actually much lower than I anticipated. It was $185 million. The box office was an astonishing $566.7 million. So factoring and marketing, they they did well. They did well for themselves. All right. Uh, general thoughts on the film as a whole? Before we break it down, <laughs> okay. Not as we get into Godzilla, not as bad as you might think. But oh my god, this movie is like Citizen Kane compared to Godzilla <laughs> Two. Okay, but first not off, I the my one of my highlights of the movie was the opening credits. Fantastic! It was a fantastic opening scene, like. That beginning, I was like, "Oh man, like this is fan- this is gonna be good." Oh, let me give a plot synops- synopsis before oh, we, of course, before we bash on it too hard. Of course, the film follows a group. What, what's what is their scientist group name? Monarch. Monarch, in the nineteen is it nineteen? It's seventies. It's the it's set the day after Vietnam ends. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not a history. You're seventy three. Seventy three. It follows two representatives from the group Monarch as they try to convince the Senate to allow them to piggyback on an expedition to the island of Kong. Skull Island, not the yeah. island of... And then they they get they go to the Skull Island and all hell breaks loose <laughs> and they meet the building-sized King Kong and... All the army soldiers get separated, and then basically the entire it's a point A to point B story. Yep. We're trying to get from where we are to point B, yeah. And then giant monsters are trying to kill us. Yep, that's it. That's your plot. I mean, which at in the, the film's defense, that's truly like I'm not expecting much more of a plot for a, a Kong film. Now, the way that the plot should be executed. Maybe it's a little bit different, but on a surface level, that's the sort of plot I anticipate from a film like this. Let me just tell you, there's so much exposition being shoved down your throat in the first 10 minutes of the film. Yes. It's, it's distracting. And I, th- we'll talk about this in a, in a, when we get to Godzilla. I think they overcorrected on Godzilla because... I could see a lot of people being confused as to what is happening because there, there's like a hollow earth theory and yeah. tunnels that lead into the earth and how monsters can burrow in the tunnel and <laughs> move around the globe in seconds. Right. And all sorts of stuff. It was... I don't even know what to <laughs> say about that. I, like, You're right. It's just a big exposition dump that's completely unnecessary. And it's funny that you say that, too, because I remember way back when and sort of doing my research on this, 
looking back that the original reviews on the 2014 Godzilla, the first of the the monster movie verse, I guess you'd say, was that generally people liked the film, but they felt that there was a definitely a lack of action and Godzilla. I have. Have you seen it? I have not seen. I did. So I did. I couldn't get my way back back when it came out in theaters. I saw it. So I had to ref. I had to actually go back through the plot and read the summary just to be sure that I. I got my head on straight before I watch these films. But as I can tell, that movie does not factor in to the second Godzilla. It really doesn't. Almost at all. No. I know there's not at all one character that's was in the first one. Right. Well, I'll say this, and we'll get into it when we get into Godzilla 2. It seemed like, obviously, they overcorrected when it came to, okay, you want Godzilla, we'll give you some Godzilla, some, oh my God. F- some action, some fighting. But it, it's I don't know what they were doing with Kong. Um, But back to back to Kong. Yeah. For the most part, I feel like the performances were okay. I'm I don't. Fine. John Goodman seemed to not believe a word of what he was saying, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that he had the strongest showing. Yeah, and then, so my my biggest problem with the film mm-hmm. is this muddy political message they're trying to to give off. Yeah, because the film ends. I'm mean, not the film. The film starts the day after. We are pulling all of our troops out of Vietnam. That's right. And then Samuel L. Jackson's character, Packard, Packard. is this war-obsessed general, not general, like Lieutenant captain, Colonel. Lieutenant Colonel, who thinks that he needs one more day of glory Yeah, and decides to rope his men that are about to go home. Yeah. All of them are about to go home and see their family. Yep. And he ropes his men into going to Skull Island as I think they're supposed to just be like glorified, like escorts. Yeah. But as that, no, that's exactly what they are. But it to me, it almost seems like they were trying to go for like the American military, like enters a tropical island and right. Kong represents the the Vietnamese people and it kind of should did. have never been there. Right. It it sort of does. Yeah. And I was like, you, you're really doing this in a <laughs> in a King Kong movie? Yeah. And it's not even done well. No, it's not. It is really not. And then we meet Tom Huddleston's, Hiddleston's James Conrad, yep. who is a ex-British British special ops. Special air service captain. And now he's a, a guide. He holds no political allegiance in the conflict. But he he essentially serves as the guide, yeah. And this, I his dialogue with Brie Larson, <laughs> who I I maybe they're supposed to be romantically involved by the end of the film, right? It's <laughs> these but characters like, are so hollow. They're so hollow. But like he's like investigating the ship because he's being paid a lot of money, but he's he's wary of it. Yeah. And then, I I laughed out loud because. Brie Larson comes and sees him and she's like, what are you doing down here? And he says, I could ask you the same thing. <laughs> like, that is like schoolyard writing. It is. It is. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, for me, when it comes to these characters, the only one I could, I felt any sort of attachment to was Samuel Jackson's Preston Packard, which sounds strange, but he at least had motivations. Like he actually had a character where he, you could tell like he was, he lived and died by his involvement in wartime, whether that was in the previous wars he had fought in Vietnam, like he needed to do this 
for his own good, like for his sanity, for his life. Like this, this was this mission, taking on this mission and being their escort meant the world to him. That's the only real motivation and true character I could find in any of these people. Tom Hiddleston's character, God. Brie Larson's character, she's a photographer. But you know what? I don't. That's all I know. <laughs> she takes photos. Like and she none of these was other on characters. The cover of like Time magazine. Yeah, and you're right. And John Goodman's character. You already said it, but that I I don't know how much money they threw at that dude, but he didn't want to be here for this film. Also, I I I actually liked John C. Riley's. Okay, he yeah, he was Hank the only Marla. one. He's the only other one besides he Samuel Jackson's character who has any sort of atta- attachment to. Yeah, he portrays a World War II fighter pilot that's been stuck on Skull Island for the past yeah. 30 years. He's the, Yeah, he's the character. The very opening of the film is set during, at some point, World War II. looks like the late, probably like 1944, 45, whatever. So it's the two fighter pilots. Hank's character is essentially trying to shoot down a... Um, Japanese fighter pilot and they crash land on Skull Island and they when they crash they end up trying to shoot each other they run out of ammo they end up running through the island trying to slaughter the other before the other one kills them and Kong shows up you just see his sort of one arm raises above them on a ledge and the other arm and he rises up and you just kind of stare right into his face a little bit and it's an awesome opening it's fantastic. Honestly, the movie would have been so much better if it was just those two characters. It probably would have been trying to get off the island. Yeah, because well, that's the thing too. It's like they're thirty try- years. They're trying to do so much. Like there's so many. When you list off that cast, I was like, man, like that's an awesome all star cast, but they didn't have anything to do. That's the problem with this film is that these characters are so expendable. But are they? No one. No only three they're, characters. Three main characters die. That's true. They're expendable in the sense that that you literally. They're a walking body of. They're just like a. They're a question mark. You don't care who they are, what their backstory is, what their intentions are. Besides, like I said, for me personally, Samuel Jackson's character. That's the only one I could connect with on any sort of emotional level. And like, they set up the film as like, anyone could die at any minute. Yeah. But the only people that die, the only person that died that was like, a shock was when, Jack Chapman dies. Yeah. Agreed. He plays one of the pilots that was the only one that survived their initial encounter with Kong on his helicopter and everyone separated. Yeah. And he's the only one that's alone. Yeah. And we're following him for maybe like, he's probably got five minutes of screen time. Yeah. And then he gets killed by one of the, what are they called? Skull Skull crushers? Yeah. Skull crawlers. Yeah. Which I think he, it was criminal what they did to him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's a very good actor. He was basically the only bright spot of that Fantastic Four <laughs> remake from like 2015. He's in one of the pretty good Black Mirror episodes. Mm. And then he gets to basically act by himself for five minutes. Yeah. But by the time we're all on the ship and we're going to Skull Island, who is the protagonist? Yeah. Who is even likable? Who am I supposed to be cheering for? The only person I know that I'm not supposed to be cheering for is Packard. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. And honestly, and you just, I mean, just kind of circle, you just brought up a good point too, where when I mentioned they were expendable and you said, honestly, not really, you did that as when I first was watching the film, that opening scene when they're taking those copters into the 
storm that allows them through to Skull Island, it made me realize that you're totally right. Like, any- I, I felt no tension because I knew that Tom Hiddleston, Samuel Jackson, yeah. Brie Larson, I knew none of them were going to die. Every single helicopter that had a main character on it when you they know were they're fighting safe. Kong in the beginning. Yeah. They all survived. And you you know that all the way through the film, these characters are safe. You might get one surprise moment, but yeah, you know they're safe. There's Chapman? no there's no stakes. Chapman is the only main character or I should say named character mm-hmm. that dies from one of the animals that didn't sacrifice themselves yeah. or kill themselves on purpose. Right. Yep. Everyone else is just unnamed army man number 1, number 2. Yep. Exactly. And the film tries to create stakes for all these characters by setting up these ho- not horrible just meaningless backstories yeah like yep. they all have like all this army men they talk about their mothers or yeah one chapman's writing a letter to his son because he missed his birthday yeah yep but i mean i don't think that was enough for me to no give a crap about him <laughs> not at all i mean Probably most of that budget you said earlier probably went to Kong. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll say this. I'll say this. The action scenes, I thought for the most part, I don't know how you feel. I thought they were pretty well done. I thought some of them were pretty cool. When Kong is punching something, taking down a helicopter, yeah, I enjoyed it. They were nice action scenes. When Kong is on screen. It's great. It's great. So then we roll into Act 2. We're on the island. We're all separated. Is this movie... And then it, it seems like this movie starts to turn into an advertisement for the late greatest hits of the late 60s rock bands. <laughs> You're right. Like, it, it, like, everyone always gives all these Vietnam movies crap about, like, how they play Fortunate Son and Bad Moon Rising. Yeah. Played them all. Played, like, three Credence Clearwater Revival songs. Yeah. It, it, all, it felt like Suicide Squad when they... Oh Lord! They play like hundred songs. Yeah, you're right. I didn't. I wasn't even gonna bring that up, but you're totally right. It was. I was never close to turning the film off because, obviously, we we did an episode on it. <laughs> but I, I was for the most part entertained. Yeah, but I. I mean, rolling my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I mean Samuel L. Jackson's character Pickard is that his name? Packard Packard. See, I can't even remember their names. <laughs> yeah, but, and say they, them a hundred times. And that's the thing too. I honestly I could have told you his name. I I all I know is Tom Hiddleston's character is the guide. I don't know what his character's name was, and I remember that Brie Larson's name was Mason, just because I remember at the very beginning of the film they thought that she was a boy. Uh, when classic, they saw the name, yeah, classic gender swap. Yep, exactly. And like, but yeah, their names—they're so unforgettable. I mean, they're so forgettable, like, <laughs> not unforgettable. I guess the film does work in the sense of that you you hate Samuel L. Jackson by the end of the film, yeah, because he's the reason why all these soldiers are dead, right? Yeah, it's about the only thing it does effectively. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I don't really have much to say about Act Two at all. No, I don't. A lot of walking. A lot, yep. Maybe they see a few animals. Right. Is Kong might be in one scene in Act 2. And that's the problem. It's like, what are you... Like, how are you going to do that? How are you going to do that for a Kong Skull Island film? I guess because, like, people... The 
the reception of the first Godzilla film in 2014 was like, oh my God, he's barely in it. The suspense was just I crazy. Guess. I know, but I mean, the whole time, I mean, after he was just taking down those copters, I was like, just give me more of that. I don't know. I, I just, act two was a slog. It really was. I mean, I was bored to tears. I know. And then act three rolls around. <laughs> and we're finally setting up the the big battle between yeah. Kong and what do they call it? The skull crawlers. Skull crawlers. They're, they're dinosaurs without arms. Yeah. <laughs> and the remaining army men Soldiers, have split yeah. off into two groups. That, no, they. I don't even know. They might have come back. I think they came back at that point. But there's one named Sam. And he was like, he was older than all the other soldiers so, yeah. in the in the group, and he was sort of like the like the father figure to them. And he decides that he's gonna sacrifice himself as they're running away from one of these monsters. That's right. And it's getting all emotional. And he takes two grenades, and he pulls the pins out, and he's holding them, and he wants to get eaten. And I was like, okay, okay, yeah. Let's let, we're getting some like emotion to this film. Right. Let's let's get some right a sacrifice, something that I can get behind. And then the skull crawl or crusher or whatever just slings his tail at him, and he flies into a cliff like a thousand yards away. Yeah. And I was like, they turn this possible emotional death into <laughs> yeah. a joke and a bad one. Right. It's like they try to subvert your expectations, but it just it, it didn't. Failed. Bring, it failed. It just fell flat. And then I felt the same way. We get the the skull crawler boss, the big one. There's always a boss. Literally, <laughs> the ex- almost the exact same design as all the other ones. Yeah, just enlarged. Yeah, it was the most basic thing I've ever seen. It was. I mean, it was sort of a CGI clusterfuck. Yeah, that's the other thing too. Of Some, a boss battle. Yeah, that by the Kong. end, that's it, the CGI was kind of noticeable. I'm not gonna lie, like that, like. Green screen, bat. Like, I know, I think some of the, like, I know a lot of this was filmed, like, on location, but some of it still was. I was like, oh, Lord. A lot of the, uh, like, the close up to medium shots filmed from below that character, we could only see, like, their their torso and their face. Right. Very noticeable that they're standing on a green screen. Oh, absolutely. And, oh, we didn't talk about Kong has some sort of, like, weird connection with brie larson yeah of course which is like in like the original one it's it's more like played up and yeah she's it's, that's like this knockshell damsel and right he saves her repeatedly exactly it's it's almost like they're trying to call back to this, yeah. those earlier incarnations of kong and they only kong and her meet once yeah it's so forced and just and does she like natural she touches head Maybe I can't remember. They're on a cliff and they they share a moment with yeah. and Tom Huddleston's right there. Just <laughs> what's up? Yeah. And then at the end of the film, Brie Larson somehow hits a sniper range <laughs> shot of a flare gun into the the skull crawler's eye. Yeah, from like <laughs> God knows how far. Yeah. I don't far. And then she gets a like thrown into the water and kong saves her mm-hmm. and she somehow sur- he's in she's in his ha- hand yeah she somehow survives being like sucked into 
the other monster's mouth yeah. and Kong's entire arm yeah. is inside this thing's mouth. That's right. And she is literally undamaged. <laughs> not not even like any spit on her. You have to suspend the disbelief there a little bit. And then John C. Riley makes it home. Yeah. They get off the island. Samuel L. Jackson's dead. <laughs> All of his soldiers realize that he's a bad guy. Yeah. The three main soldiers make it home. And that's Kong. Yeah. The in credit in credit? Did you see that? Oh, were they in credit scenes? Were they set up the next one? Yeah. They're pull they're pulling a Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> um Final thoughts. Wasn't much Kong in a Kong film. Disappointing. disappointing. That was disappointing to me. The film was disappointing and I was disappointed I didn't get as much Kong as I wanted. Um, they failed to set up enough personal stakes to make me care for anyone. <laughs> yeah. Except for John C. Riley. Yeah. Um, I didn't like the Vietnam allegory. Yeah, that's sort of we're not we're in a place we're not supposed to be. I didn't yeah, because you uh, truthfully, I didn't. That kind of went over my head when I watched it. But when you say it, I mean it's it's so obvious and like in a bad way. And it almost, I mean, it almost takes on the whole like anti-imperialist mindset. It does, it does. And it's just, you can go watch another movie that is gonna tell that kind of story so much better than a King Kong movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But. I give it two thumbs down. I think I give it like a 5.5. Because at the end of the day, Kong used a boat anchor as a nunchuck. <laughs> so that was kind of cool. Yeah. Like I said, there are admittedly some cool moments, but it is bad. You said 5.5? Yes. So just to... So yeah, we're with, failing with, with dark. So with Dark Phoenix being a five out of ten, it's slightly better than Dark Phoenix. X Men Dark Phoenix <laughs> might be the worst fantasy sci-fi adventure uh, action film I've, I've ever seen. That's always like my sort of what's the word I'm looking for benchmark. It's a bit. Thank you. It's my benchmark <laughs> because dark. I'm pretty sure when we came out of that theater, we were like Dark Phoenix is the perfect five out of ten film. And so I always use it as the benchmark. So Kong Kong barely surpasses the Slightly benchmark better for than Dark Phoenix. Than Dark Phoenix. There you go, folks. And we move on to two years <laughs> later. The second film to set up are basically a trilogy of these interconnected movies. That's right. Godzilla: <laughs> colon, King of the Monsters. Misleading title. <laughs> He is not the king of the monsters for a <laughs> hundred and fifteen minutes of this runtime. That's right. I think at the end of the original Godzilla in two thousand fourteen, I'm pretty sure the last thing they say about him is that he's the king of the monsters. For now. Yeah. I have never seen the Godzilla first one. Yeah. Never seen any of the original OG Japanese like, yeah. films or the remakes and then the remakes of the remakes. Right, right, right. Never really had much interest in it. Yeah, I didn't either. But this film was released in 2019. Two hours and 12 minutes. Long, long, long movie for long. a movie that should be probably <laughs> maybe 100 minutes max. Yeah. You quickly realize when you're watching that film, you're like, man, I cannot wait for it to be over. I, it took me multiple days to watch this film. <laughs> yeah. I'm, 
I'm usually good at being able to sit down and watch a film, even if it's bad at one sitting. Yeah. I think it took me three different tries to sit down and actually watch it. Yeah. F- literally every 10 minutes for like an hour. <laughs> yeah. Imagine I watched it all in one sitting. And this film was directed by Michael Daughtry. He's only directed a couple films. They they Both of these directors of these two films are relatively novice compared to... Yeah, they're a little... It, it's, it's like they took... It's like they wanted to give indie or out there directors big budget action flicks and say, see what you can do with it. Did it pay off? Mm. I don't think it's their fault. No, I don't think so either. But it stars Kyle Chandler as Mark Russell. I'm going to butcher her name. <laughs> Vera F- Farmiga as Emma Russell. Millie Bobby Brown as Madison Russell. Ken uh, Watanabe as Ishiro Serzawa. I'm not even going to pronounce her name. <laughs> as Elaine Chang. Yeah, I don't know how to do that one either. Uh, Bradley Whitford as Rick Stanton. Sally Hawkins as Vivian Graham. And Charles Dance as Alan Joan. Jonah. Jonah. Yeah. Sorry. And the thing and you say all those names and it's like I'm relearning them for the first time. Oh, and every every single one of these characters besides Millie Bobby Brown is a doctor. Yeah. Millie Bobby Brown's character is the only one I slightly even remember or care about. And I don't even remember her name. I just know her as Millie Bobby Brown. And she, she was annoying. Yeah. The film had a budget. It gives a range. There's not an exact budget. A budget between 170 and 200 million dollars, so about in the range of Kong. This one only grossed a total approximate box office of 386.6 million dollars. Even internationally. Even internationally. Wow. Which is insane because you would expect that Godzilla would be a big hit in Asia. The film synopsis, <laughs> if there even is one. Yeah, there even is one. The film takes place, I guess, in 2019, present day. Yeah, present day. Monarch is, I guess they were given unlimited funds after Kong. It appears. They got outposts everywhere. Everywhere. They have hunted, basically hunted down and secured these titans. Yep, titans. These ancient creatures of immeasurable size. And they are making sure that they don't have another incident like the one in San Francisco after during the events of the original Godzilla. That's right. But then we have our villain antagonist, Alan, who him and his, they're almost like eco-terrorists. Yeah. Eco-terrorists is exactly what I have. Uh, they decide that the world has been destroyed beyond repair and we we must unleash a titan at a time to unleash havoc because apparently the radiation that these animals give off after they destroy a city brings new life and it's the only way to preserve Earth. And then they rope Dr. Emma Russell into this 
I guess I didn't really rope her in. It's staged like she's been abducted by these terrorists. Yep. Exactly. But it turns out later we learned that she was the ones that contacted them about aligning herself with them. And she created this thing, device called the Orca. Yep. That gives off the same frequency as these Titans and will either make them go docile or go on a murderous rampage. So she is working with them. And they accidentally overstep their reaches of what, of nature. Yep. And they accidentally unleash, I guess they don't, they unleash one that should have been stayed yeah. under. And it turns out he's the real king of monsters. <laughs> he's a hydra. I don't know what they call him. Yeah. And he unleashes all the other ones at the same time. So it was up to Godzilla and co to corral them. Corral them. <laughs> oh my. Okay. The, so, hey, I will say that was a great job. You, you really gave a plot to this film that really, when you, when you put it like that, that was more plot than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that. Okay. First off, this, this film suffers from DC, Itis is what I'm going to call it. What Explain. Elaborate. The Man of Steel, what Man of Steel suffered from? Uh-oh. The just reckless destroying of cities. Oh. Oh, absolutely. Because I no, I Marvel got a lot of shit for that's how they used to do it. Yeah. But now if you if you watch, <laughs> all of their battles will be set in open fields or right in different parts where there's nobody there. Nobody there. But like in Man of Steel, wanton you, destruction. You have Superman just leveling buildings, <laughs> killing yeah. thousands of people. Yeah. The machines terraforming the earth. Yeah. <laughs> and this film literally takes that to the extreme. The most extreme possible level. Because there, I don't know how many Titans there are. There are at least 10. Yeah. They're all active at the same time. Yeah. Each destroying <laughs> a major city around the world. Yeah. This would be like Armageddon if something like this were to happen. The world would never recover. They show a clip of Washington, D.C. Just like the Capitol's literally in ruins on fire. The entire mall area is just in flames. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, <laughs> I was just thinking my next thought when I was watching this was, what the hell is Godzilla versus King Kong? What are they going to be doing? Right. Why are they fighting each other? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. there's nothing left to fight over. Exactly. You're so right. And then, so let's, we'll, we'll restart at the beginning <laughs> of the film. I thought I, I'm so when I wrote my notes, mm. I was writing them as I was watching. Sure. My first, my first note was, Nice and quick expedition. Exposition. Not true. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. The first act is a mess. <laughs> yes. I think we we follow them, go to like 10 different places in the first 20 minutes. Yeah. I mean, it is it is a frenzy. It was insane how many we were meeting all these characters, blah blah blah, blah doing all this stuff. And you we're didn't have going, to, there was no time to pri- process yes. anything. 
Like one minute we're in a secret base in Mexico and then following following Emma and Madison. Right. And the next minute we're with Mark in an <laughs> underground <laughs> yeah. secret government base hidden as an oil rig. Yeah. It's it's truly like they were like, all right, we have got to just knock, uh, just get all this out of the way and then let's just roll. We're monster, just action. Let's get into it. But and it was, it was, it fell into the same problem with Co- uh, the Kong film where it's like, we didn't get a chance to really know anyone, their motivations. We didn't have a chance to connect or care about any of these characters. So it it was just, it rang so hollow. They did try with the, the Russell family. To an extent, yes. The Russell, some background, the Russell family lived in San Francisco when the events of the original Godzilla happened and they lost their eldest son who was about seven Mm -hmm. and then i guess it drove a wedge in their marriage that's right emma and mark were no longer married but the plot moves so fast (laughs) every word of dialogue in the first half is used to like set up the the events the it's unnatural yes everything feels unnatural no one stops to take a breath yeah and Sally Hawkins, if you don't know that actress's name, you'll probably, if you've seen Shape of Water, she played the lead in Shape of Water. She was nominated for Best Actress for the Oscars. She she was a blink and you missed it die. <laughs> There's a scene where they moved to Antarctica. Yeah. I don't know. It's like a game of hide and go seek throughout the movie. There's like, they're trying to find out where Godzilla is. They're trying to find out where it is. Madison and... Alan and Emma it are. Is a, it is a movie of hide and go seek. And it then really they finally is. get there, but they already left. <laughs> so they're in Antarctica and there's a giant fight that <laughs> is basically the end of the the beginning, the middle of the second act. Right. And Sally Hawkins helps Mark, I guess, what's her name? Vivian helps Mark yeah. get out of his seat of the helicopter. And I guess she dies. I literally looked down to write a note. And she was dead, dead when I looked up. Talk about now. I'll say this. Talk about this is where I should have said characters were expendable. I'm gonna challenge you on this one. Besides her, no one else dies except for one other character who sacrifices himself. Oh yeah. Nobody dies. There's no stakes in these movies. <laughs> like I'll, I'll. We are big Marvel fans. Yeah. I give those characters leeway because they're superheroes that's right i don't expect them to die when they're fighting aliens i expect (laughs) a couple of these people to die when they're fighting giant monsters that they can't do anything to (laughs) these people get struck by lightning and they don't die Uh, how many times did a vehicle that someone was in oh my get struck by lightning Lightning. nothing happened nothing i'm getting enraged (laughs) i didn't and we get our first fight sequence with Godzilla. Yeah. In five years. Yeah. I'm a Godzilla fan. Right. They set this fight at night. Yeah. Two black monsters fighting at night. Yeah. Silhouettes. It's a way to save money. Yeah. And it pissed me <laughs> off. Yep. And then this is when I started getting mad. I don't I don't think I've ever gotten mad at a movie before. <laughs> can't wait I know this is just me shitting on it for here we go folks uh Rick Stanton yeah the guy with the glasses yep 
might be my least favorite character in all of cinema history. <laughs> Ex- explain to the audience. All explain. he d- he's a, he's I know a, exactly he's what a you're computer doctor. Yep. Not computer doctor of computers, whatever the crap yeah, he is. Right. All he does is just say something. Yeah. And then another character will repeat what he says as a question and then he will say it again. <laughs> and he'll then he'll make some stupid ass pun or joke and but Godzilla's looking tired. Godzilla's pretty hungry. <laughs> I'm like, shut the hell up. And uh. there is no subtlety to this dialogue at all. Every character says exactly what is about to happen. Yeah. But they don't leave it at that. They make me feel like I'm stupid. They do. It's it's literally like sh- show, don't tell. But literally, so a character will say, Godzilla is tired. And then another character will say, what do you mean Godzilla's tired? And then the, another character will then move the plot forward and say, Godzilla is needs radiation, so he's very tired. Right. I felt like I was having my hand held the entire film. Yeah. I was insulted. Yeah. Like Which which is like I and that's the thing with these big blockbuster films is that I feel like they know that since their audience for this is just like the average Joe, like they feel the need to like break the film down like from a plot and dialogue standpoint to its most basic level and really like you said hold their hands like the entire way through and make sure okay you're following like what yes. we're doing here from plot a like where we're going from point a to b to c and we're making sure that you're seeing visually what's happening but we're also have to tell you what's happening and as it's well not like you can you can explain to me what's happening yeah. i don't mind if you do that but like it's just the way that they did one about it like they said it once okay yeah. i know what's happening right you don't need to explain it again differently exactly exactly and then this this film almost turns into a freaking melodrama. It, yeah, because Mark wants his daughter, daughter back, back, and yep, and Emma it's like won't and have and, it and, right. And that's the thing. Like, do you care about that no. in a Godzilla film? I don't either. Why are we getting melodramatics here? Why? But why? it's not. It's okay. You can be dramatic. Okay, Jurassic Park is basically Godzilla. Mm-hmm. I care about every single one of those characters. In Jurassic Park. Yes. Yes. Like Jurassic Park's a fantastic example of what like a film like either this or Kong should have been. I don't I, I don't I don't care about like I don't it sounds bad. I don't care about your son that died. Yeah. No, and they, I don't I don't expect anyone it's like to they really overcorrected from Kong, but they gave me too much of stuff that doesn't matter. Matter. It doesn't matter. It's exactly it. Doesn't matter. And then the the film just slides off the rails. <laughs> they they're in a they find they're in a submarine. They went from a secret underwater base and so now they're on this <laughs> super high tech submarine and then <laughs> they get trans more transported through these hollow earth and they end up thousands of miles away. Yeah. And they find an underwater city. Yep. <laughs> they do not explain who the people built, who these were that built it, yeah. why it's there, and why Godzilla goes to hide there. there. I love this. I love having this conversation. But they're right they're, they're there. Yeah, Godzilla. For prior reference, he after his fight with the the three headed dragon Hydra. Right. The military shoots a was it oxygen bomb? Yeah. 
doesn't kill the Hydra, kills Godzilla almost. Yeah. And then Godzilla goes to hide and I guess recharge with the radiation. Yeah. And this is and then Dr. Sirazawa is he chooses to sacrifice Sac- himself. By man yeah, manly detonating the warhead. Also, why couldn't they just put it on that drone? I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. I don't know. They had drones to fly into the city because the radiation levels were too high. <laughs> yeah. And then one of the drones made it. I don't know why they couldn't strap it on that. Why did the, the nuke have to be literally right next to Godzilla <laughs> to be effective? <laughs> Regardless, Godzilla is revived. Godzilla. And his power level is off the charts. Too much. <laughs> they they blew him up. They gave him too much radiation. And he starts burning buildings. Yep. You cannot tell me there were not people still inside those buildings. Um, yep. Yeah. Okay, we're getting off the rails. This podcast is getting off the rails. I love it. No, um, this is fantastic. So, the doctor, he he could have definitely got back to his ship. He sets the time. Why does the timer only have to be set? 30 there's this timer it literally looks like a kitchen timer on this on this super high-tech <laughs> military grade bomb it does. and then there's a little like think of a like a kitchen timer it's like that <laughs> why couldn't he why did like i know he's going to be super high radiation levels but i mean he could have got back to his little one person submarine but he chooses to be dramatic and put his hand on Godzilla, and then they blow up together. Yeah. So Godzilla's revived. He's revived at this point, and all of the Titans are on a rampage, literally destroying every city you could ever think of. <laughs> yes. Under the orders of this Hydra. Oh, the Hydra's an alien. Yeah. It's an alien. That came out of left field. <laughs> Did it, though? I mean... None of the other ones are aliens. <laughs> I mean, considering everything that happened in the film, did that revelation shock you at all? It was, I <laughs> like, was it meant? Was I supposed to be like, oh my god, an alien. <laughs> but like, why did it have to be an alien? Uh, yeah. It I- turns out that this Hydra is... Godzilla's rival and it turns out that he was an extraterrestrial being that I don't did it grant him any abilities I don't I don't think so but he's top dog yeah he can make the titans go crazy yeah I guess the titans don't want to be crazy yeah I think they just follow the strong the orders of the strongest one yeah I think the orders of the strongest one I think there's precedence for like the whole alien stuff with like the previous Godzilla is there films I don't quote me on that I might be talking out of my butt no I I think I think there's precedence for that for like the the I can't remember like what they call them in some of the films but the the idea that they're extraterrestrial mutos like something something that has to do with the Godzilla canon but again don't don't quote me on that anyway he can shoot lightning out of his mouth. Yep. He's controlling. They're all going on a rampage. Godzilla is going super mega, super mega mode. <laughs> and they have a giant fight. Giant fight. Uh, Another mess of a CGI battle set at night. <laughs> yeah. We get like th- th- three battles. Three major battles. Two are set at night and one set in a the cloudy ocean. Yeah. Which is pretty dark. 
Yeah. Um, Godzilla's fighting, and then turns out he's got a wife, Mothra. Yeah. The queen of the monsters. Yep. She sacrifices herself <laughs> to give him her essence or whatever. Yeah. And he uses, like, a Mothra punch and defeats uh, the Hydra. Yeah. Cuts all its heads off. All while he is going nuclear. They ha- they set a time frame on this battle. Yeah. Because they guess they overcharged him. Right. And his radiation levels are too much. So they got to get out of the city. The more we talk about this, I feel like we're talking about a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> so then the film... Okay, Where in what? Boston? Yes. I believe Boston. Because Fenway's... Bo- I'm not... Fe- yeah, fe- okay. yeah, Fenway. Yeah. Fenway Park. Yeah. So... You cannot tell me that they evacuated the entire city of Boston in like an hour. And they're having this fight and Godzilla, his radiation levels are so high. He's turning red and he's walking by buildings and they're just melting. Yeah. Looks cool. It does look cool. But like, I'm just thinking about the people inside of these buildings that are dying. Yeah. These residential areas are crushed. You cannot tell me the death count of this movie was not in the millions. Millions. Like and now, hundreds now of I, millions. I, I was on Kong's side in the first one. I'm on Team Samuel L. Jackson now. These things need to die. <laughs> yeah. These You cannot coexist with these things. No. And the, the military tries to help. Their bombs were worthless. Of course. They just, just like an, anything. And that's it's so like... Of course, they're useless. Like, we know that. Audience members, before this film starts, you know that. It's... <laughs> I just... the Obviously, Godzilla wins. And then you're left... Go, where does the narrative go? <laughs> yeah. we're, we're making a two-hour movie. Yeah. And we're going to have them fight. Obviously, obviously, they're going to team up at the end. Obviously. They're going to probably... I, I'm going to... I'm placing a bet that it's going to be like... The government has created a. That's going to be Mecha Godzilla. I'm calling the robot Godzilla. Yeah. It's going to be hijacked by the Allen character because he. Oh, but I did look. He's not in the next one. Oh, really? He's not credited on IMDb. Okay. So I think his organization is going to get involved somehow and then they're gonna do a rampage try to unleash the titans again or whatever yeah and then they're gonna have to work together yeah but like there uh, that's there honestly ha- exactly probably what the, it's gonna be there has to be a in the next one there has to be some sort of like government agency that looks at maybe a world agency that looks and says we cannot coexist with these things <laughs> yeah you're right, because and I I kind of have I have to imagine. I mean, we've talked about the destruction of this film. I have to imagine that those ramifications will still have to carry over, right? Yes. I mean, surely, and, surely. And like they talk about, they name drop Kong several times in the film. Several. Where was he? Yeah. Was he not affected by these, the the orca? Right. By the. Because they mentioned Skull Island. Yeah. I mean, it's the classic like. It's the classic problem with the shared universe in general. I mean, you could say that for superhero films. Where was so-and-so when this villain was running around? Like, you just kind of, like, I'm so used to that, suspending my disbelief in those circumstances. But you're right. In theory, Kong should have been in this. Like, there's no reason he shouldn't have been <laughs> affected by it. But at the end of the day, 
at the end of the day don't see it. <laughs> I I'm not gonna recommend these movies. No. Because they're not even good monster movies. They're not good monster films. I know we already talked about Alien. But if you want a good monster movie, watch Alien. Aliens. Yes. Any of the Jurassic Park movies. Any of them. Even the newer Jurassic Parks make these, like... I know the the newer Jurassic Parks kind of have their detractors, but... Yeah, I I, I saw Jurassic World and didn't see the second one. Right. But I would... The new ones... Jurassic Park films are leaps and bounds better than any of these two films. And, and they actually, the characters in those films are actually developed. Yes, Alan Grant. I remember his name. I haven't seen Jurassic Park in a couple years. Right, exactly. Literally, you set him up as expert, dinosaur expert. Yep. Falls in love with this woman. That's right. On this island. Maybe falls in love. Yeah. But it doesn't work out. Nothing, everything doesn't have to work out. Exactly. In a film. There doesn't, your your protagonist doesn't have to get back with his doesn't have to get with his lover. Yeah. And that's that's the real that's the real world. And we didn't even talk about Emma. She sacrificed herself. She <laughs> was horrible. Are we am I supposed to sympathize with her? She's a, she's a villain. No. I don't think you are. And I don't know if that's what the intention of the film was. I don't know if you are supposed to or not. I surely but like, didn't. It's a sign of a bad film when I don't know who I'm supposed to root for. Very bad. Because Madison's with her the whole time. Mm-hmm. Not until like an hour and 15 minutes in is Madison like, oh, she might be bad. <laughs> I should have gone with my dad when I had the chance. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I thought her acting was horrible. Horrible. This might be our first kid actor that <laughs> gave a bad performance on that the we've, show. That we've talked about. You're probably right. But at the end of the day, do these have to be good films? Mm, they made a lot of money exactly and that's all the studios care about because people the people that see these movies they just want to see Godzilla or Kong destroy stuff right and like I know you have a film has to have some sort of emotional stakes to be effective right maybe hire some writers that are good at writing drama yeah because I know a lot of I think both these films had more than one writer Oh, almost assuredly. So, didn't they? I don't care about these movies. Yeah. We are going to be talking about Godzilla versus Kong on our next episode. And I will say, regardless of my feelings for these films, I'm still pumped for Godzilla versus I'm Kong. I'm excited to watch it. Don't get me wrong. Just to see where they go. Right. I think what I have to do, and I try to do it after watching Kong, is that I need to place my headspace. I need to think about what the film's going to... I can't go into this film expecting... Yeah. I, and again, I'm not expecting a masterpiece from any of these films, but I have to sort of realign what I'm expect. my expectations are for these types of films and for Kong and Godzilla. Otherwise, I'll be massively disappointed. Yeah. I wasn't even... I wasn't disappointed because I didn't have any expectations. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, are we bad for sh- just shitting on this these films when they're not meant to be critically analyzed for more than they are that's the thing oh so let me pose the question it's, you know everyday joe you see this film friday night maybe with your family kids you walk out do you like it do you think you'd like it like you say you know what that was worth my time my money no i don't think so either that's why i think that we can be a little bit critical because i don't think they, these are not good films kong skull island was a better film mm-hmm. agreed 
even just because some of like they introduce like these indigenous people of the island that live with yeah kong and like they co-inhabit the island the Iwi. and there it's kind of interesting the monsters were more interesting in that movie they were more interesting because they weren't all hell-bent on destroying the world. Right. They were just like, I'm a, I'm an animal. It really does seem so subdued when you compare it to Godzilla. Yeah, they're like, I'm an animal and I need to eat. Yeah. Yeah. I concur. But they go, go watch folks. Godzilla if you want. I wouldn't watch it unless you're really wanting to the whole picture for Godzilla. Yeah. I'm going to I'm almost willing to bet that you will not need to have seen the first two to watch the third one. I don't think so either. And I feel like Warner Bros almost surely will set it up that way anyone could come in and see it. And I think they know that it's such a big attraction to have those two come together that they can't bog it down in this continuity that they've set up. And yeah, there there's going to be maybe 10 minutes of them explaining what's going on. Oh, almost assur- considering the setup for these films, there will be there will be assuredly. But that's about it. Dark um, Phoenix as your benchmark. Where do you put co- this uh, was Godzilla? Worse. This was worse. Score? Do you have a score? Four point three. Yeah, I four at, four out of ten. That's about right. I hated this film. Yeah, I think yeah, I think I, our scores are pretty much aligned. I don't hate a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go, folks. That is our double feature podcast for today. Kong, Skull Island, and Godzilla, King of the Monsters. And our lead up to the spectacle that is Kong versus Godzilla. And Kong comes out. It comes out on a like a... I think a Wednesday. Yeah. March 31st, I believe. And we will have that episode out day after. April 1st. We sure will. No waiting around for our review. <laughs> That's right. Are we also... This is a preview still discussing the snyder cut dot 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 question mark talking about this weekend i believe it comes out this coming thursday is it four hours i believe it may be four hours but don't forget that 10 minute intermission that's reportedly there is it in black and white i hope not because i've seen some things where it's in black like there's previews for black and white stuff i don't think it's in black and white but a lot of the marketing for it has been in black and white are there options to watch it in black and white <laughs> there might be anyway if you really want to talk about i might want to talk about cut, it i might i'm just prepared to say that this movie that movie's gonna be bad too yep it was put to me today that a polished turd is still a turd i'm not <laughs> sure that's exactly what the snyder cut will be but anyway i digress We'll have more content coming at you regardless. We will. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter. That's right. Close Screening. Capital C, capital S. Couldn't fit the the in there. (laughs) Boo Twitter. And if you're a listener and you're not following, follow. Follow. We only have five followers. We need more. We need more. We're growing. (laughs) We're growing our community. Tell them. Tell the, the viewers out there about our international presence now. Oh yes, <laughs> we not only are we growing, folks. This, wait till this. This could be someone using a VPN. Could be, but our analytics have come back that we have a listener in Australia. Wow! If it's you, come forth. <laughs> yeah. Let us know. And if you're using a v- VPN, I want to know why and what you're watching <laughs> on Netflix Australia. That's right. 
Yep. Oh, and last thing. A long overdue. Oh, long, long overdue. Should have been from the very first episode, from the get-go. A thank you. Special thanks to Chase Mahan for our opening theme. For our opening theme. It's fantastic. I love our we opening We love theme. our opening theme. It's fantastic. All of our listeners love it. Yes. The credit is all his. Does Chase have, does he currently have any sort of presence on Spotify? Is he doing anything? I don't think Shout, so. Can we shout him out? I mean, we're shouting him out. Is there anything we can turn to? I don't know. I'll, I'll get back to you on that one. There we go. We may have some news next time, but, but special thanks to Chase Mahan. Other than Long that, overdue. We'll talk at you later with some Godzilla versus Kong or whatever. The, what is the movie even called? Is it Godzilla first or Kong first? Kong versus Godzilla? Kong? I don't even remember now. Uh, Godzilla versus Kong, I think. Good. We'll, we'll talk at you next week with some monster v. monster mashups. Boom. Thanks for listening. See ya.